Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey. Oh, Joe's not happy now, guys. I'm happy. Joe's not happy. I'm First happy. All, Joe's in his happy place. I am in my happy place. I got a cigar. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're at... I did. Know. By the way, everybody, I didn't have a cigar yesterday. Just oh. for all oh. the people. All the people are going to have their cigars every day. I didn't have five. I didn't have four. I didn't have two. I didn't have one. See, I skipped right over three. I didn't have any cigars yesterday, and I was fine. I was totally fine. Were you actually fine? I or was were totally you jonesing fine. this morning? No, I wasn't jonesing. I was just thought like, hey, instead of recording at the church, why don't we record at the cigar shop so we can have cigars? That'd be fun. That's fine. Well, thankfully, uh, not hey, look, a lot of people are here. It's Drew. Oh, thanks, it's Drew. Drew. Drew's the manager of the cigar shop. Thank you, sir. What up? He, he says what up. He's he brought Jimmy some coffee. Oh, yeah. the sleeve. That's a new thing. Is that a new sleeve? That's a new sleeve. Oh, I like it. Yep. Hey, can Jimmy get two sleeves? I'm fine. Nope. Okay. I'm fine, Drew. I'm fine. You, you, you like two sleeves. So, yep. So, we're sitting here, and we are recording. Oh, my arm and, is tired. Uh, huh? My arm is tired already. Your arm is tired? <laughs> Joe forgot... Uh, one of the elbows because I do I, I do everything. Yeah, so Joe does. Everything. I, I do everything, and I, I packed up all the gear. Mm-hmm. Well, not all the gear, obviously, because I forgot the arm that holds my mic. Yep. So he yeah. is right now. Oh, my arm is holding so tired. his mic. My little baby T Rex arm just. Can, oh, it's heavy. The mic is heavy. Yep. I'm gonna switch. Hang, all right, switch. Uh, all right. That's <laughs> I'm gonna do that every three minutes. Every three minutes, you're gonna have to uh, suffer with Joe. I hope your audio stay fine. That's the only thing that matters. Oh, no, I'll be fine. I know. I know what I'm doing. Ah, right, you know what you're doing? I'm professional. You're professional? Yeah. How's your week, man? Brother, we are Bro- not professionals. <laughs> Even on this podcast, Even we on are this not podcast, professionals. We are not professionals. Uh, the weekend was good. All right. Uh, what? What, what, what are you planning to do this weekend? This, com- this, this drops on a Monday. So it's we. Uh, this drops Monday. So oh, I got to think. Okay, I got to think, think ahead. ahead. Oh, man, I don't know what's going on this next weekend. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I forgot. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any recollection. Well, I'll be in Canada. Oh, that's right. So I'm going to be smoking your cigars. Apparently, no. What, oh what do you yeah, mean? I got access to your locker. It's fine. You're not smoking my Besides, cigars. I bought like half of the ones in there. No, well, I, uh, those well, not, are already gone. Oh, you already I mean, took like four of them, five, well, six of them. Well, okay, well that's not half of them. Half of them is uh, would be like twelve. Okay, well you've had half of a half. Okay, that sounds like that sounds Good. like great. that's like one percent. It's not one percent. It's like one percent. Twenty-five percent, you dummy. So you're gonna go to Canada. Yep. Not only are you going, you, first of all, you were gonna go to see the wedding of a friend, wedding of my brother-in-law. Yeah, but he's your friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know. So you 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 were going to see the your brother-in-law get married. Yep. Glorious time. Also, and you missed your family. Like you're just like you're gonna go. It's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see your family, your kids. Oh man, your beautiful kids, your wife, and everything. She's not bad. And then. Um, Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna go, uh, and then at the eleventh hour, yep, they said, "What, Fofo? Could you step in and officiate?" <laughs> <laughs> now, how many? It's not a problem because you've done tons of weddings. Oh, I mean, how many? Like so far? It's it's. I can't even count. <laughs> Literally, it's, it's a number. <laughs> <laughs> is zero a number? It's a real number. Uh, it's a zero. Is a number. Actually, I have no idea if it is. Or is not. That, I don't know. I don't know if it's a real uh, number. So I don't know what real you, number. You got to go do your first wedding. I got to go do my first wedding. Yeah. Now she doesn't know it's my first wedding. No, don't let her know that. No, no. You don't want to freak her out. No. You, first of all, you're gonna kill it. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna coach you through it today. Yep. No problem. Uh, the, here's the trick with weddings, because weddings, in some ways, are harder than funerals. Because at weddings, people are videoing, they're watching, they're paying yeah. really close attention, stakes are high. 
uh, at funerals, people are mourning. Yeah. And they're not focused on you. Yeah, they're not videoing. <laughs> you know, they're not. Uh, they're and, and they're not going to remember a whole lot of it except for the, the strong points. Um, so you emotionally, it may be harder to do a funeral, but logistically, yeah. it's harder to do a wedding, in my opinion. I've done a lot of both. Um, the trick is, you you just have to know the the outline, yep. right? You got to know the the service order. You got to and just stick to a script. Cause like you know, when we preach, we yeah, don't have a say, script. We don't. We don't really do. Mm-hmm. You don't. I'm not supposed to stick to a script. That's gonna be hard. Or I'm sorry, I'm supposed to stick to a script. That's gonna be yeah. hard. Well, the thing is, is like I'll show you the script that you put together. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even though I have a script, so like basically all of the um, uh, the leading of the vows gotcha, and all that gotcha, stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. You just don't want to play around. That. When it gets to the sermon time, you just know how then much I, time. Yeah, you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just do what we do. Hey. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. We'll Let's talk, talk about, about sermon, sermon prep. Sermon prep. So, uh, which is something that we do a lot of. Yep. I mean, I've I've been doing sermon prep weekly for years now. Years. Uh, like, years. I mean, since preaching, I, I think since modern expository preaching was invented. So, like, you've been doing this for about what? When did John Piper invent expository preaching, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback to an early episode. <laughs> All right. What is it, 35, 40 years you've been preaching? No, no. Uh, I've been preaching since 94. So 24, 25 years? Yeah, and then I've been preaching like weekly or whatever since 98. All right, so still about so, 20 years. So years. the reason we, we thought we would talk about preaching is because... We get this question a lot. A lot. People want to know. know what the, the process is or how we go about it. Yeah, and so some of you might be thinking like, well, I don't want to listen to this because uh, you know, I'm not a preacher. Yep. Like what, 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 you know, why might it be helpful for others who aren't preachers to understand how... Uh, sermons can be put together and maybe in our opinion are, uh, should be put together. Well, I think um, you're in a better position to help evaluate uh, the sermons. And I'm not talking about like trying to be overly critical and mm-hmm. um, trying to beat down on the pastor, but it helps you to to help them craft stronger sermons. Mm-hmm. But then also it's it's so you could follow along better right. during the preaching. Plus, there, this is not very uh, different from how you might be preparing to uh, lead a, a class or a discussion a or a study. teaching session, Bible session. session. Now, there's going to be more uh, Q&A. Hey, how's that coffee, Jimmy? Oh. <laughs> Man, I had some great coffee this morning. Oh. How's, how's yours? It's not that good, is it? <clears throat> no. Why didn't you stop and get some on the way in? I didn't want to be late. You were early. You were actually early. Yeah, I didn't. So, and I didn't want to be late. Yeah. Well, you could have gotten coffee and still been on time. I felt like I would have been late. You wouldn't have been. Oh, I was thinking I would have been late. So, so you can uh, you can use that. Just going to be more Q and A, or just be more a more dialogical aspect to it if you're yeah. doing a, a Bible study. But a lot of the same prep is going to go into it. Um, so we've got a way that we do it, and mm-hmm. um, we thought we could talk about that. So this will be, uh, I think it'll be helpful for people who preach, especially. Um, and it'll also kind of, for the curious, let you know how, how we do it. And um, yeah, so let's, let's just jump into it. Uh, Jimmy, in your mind, mm-hmm. when, when you're thinking about, I got to prepare a sermon. Yes. What's the, what is one or, or one of the most important factors that are going into this as you're preparing a sermon? Prayer, right? Prayer, uh, just spending time praying. Um, as I'm like I, I, I'm at the first beginning process, just uh, asking the Spirit to to soften my heart, to um, 
to kind of receive what it is the Lord is 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 teaching. Because I mean, if it's not something that is work, if it's not if it's not something that God is working on my heart on, right. then how am I going to be able to preach it? Yeah, yeah. This is I mean, and this is a, a biblical idea. It's very much a Puritan idea that we've got to preach to ourselves before yeah. we're ready to preach to the people. So we have to have a mindset and a discipline of prayer personally yeah. going into it. I and mean, not just for myself, but I mean, also praying, I, I begin praying for those that yeah. are going to be there that day. Absolutely. We're, we want to we bathe this thing yeah. in, in prayer from beginning to end. And this is true with all Bible study for that matter. Uh, people oftentimes say, and I used to say, it's easier for me to study the Bible than it is for me to pray. Mm. I've just always found prayer a, a more difficult discipline to maintain. I can sit down and study the Bible for three hours, man. I can yeah. bust out commentaries, write, fill up pages. Um, but I would say that prayer is harder, yeah. but reality, if you're really doing proper study of scripture, it will be prayer soaked. That's you right. shouldn't be really be able to do one without the other. Absolutely. Right? So if you're praying, the Bible should be filling that. And if you're studying the Bible, prayer should be attending that. That's right. So we got to pray it up. So let's say you already know what passage you're going to preach. All right. Um, that's pretty easy. Like, okay, so like, I know I'm going through the gospel of Luke. I know what the next passage is, yep. but let's say you don't know what you're going to, like, let's say, Hey Jimmy, I call you. And I say, hey, I need you to preach this weekend. Today is Tuesday. Yep. Um, what way to go, Jimmy? Turn I, off your, please I, silence your phone. I silenced my phone, okay. Joe. I silenced So it. if I call you and I say, hey, uh, I need you to preach, what do you do? Like, what, what, how do you know what you're going to preach on? Well, I have a fallback sermon that I always have on. In your back pocket. In my back pocket. Yeah. Would you right. do downloads from the internet or something? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I picked the most obscure passage. Uh, that oh, way, no, I know what you're no, going to say. No one else, because I don't know what else is going to do it. Stop it. What? I'm going to Judah do and Tamar. No, okay. All right. The divine favor of foreskin. Okay. All right. For real, what do you do? <laughs> Come on. So dumb. You know what? I... <laughs> so dumb. Is that going to be your, your wedding <laughs> sermon? the wedding sermon. <laughs> Actually, I got a call from, it was Seth. He yeah. was over there. Uh, and Seth was, is one of our church Seth planters. Seth is one of our church planters in, in Evanston. And so like, hey man, need you to preach. I'm like, yeah, don't worry. I got this. I'm talking with one of his leaders. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do Judah and Tamar, Divine Favor of Foreskid. Dude got quiet. <laughs> got quiet real fast. He's like, huh. Was this Chris? Uh, no, it wasn't Chris. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I had to explain to him, no, no, that was a joke. He's like, well, I was just going to roll with it. That's that's what you're going to do. That's like Chris would have been like, no, you're not doing that. No, you're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was Greg. So, no, I mean, what I, yeah. <laughs> so, what I would do, I think, is, you know, I, we prayed. We're looking for the text. I guess I would look for something. I know it sound. I would look for something, not general, but a specific truth that would work in any context. So you're looking for the generic sermon. I don't know. Say that. Yeah, it depends on. It depends on if you know the people and if you don't. Right. Well, you know. I think that that's good. I think that's good because if you're going into a, a church that's not your own, you want to know like, okay, so where are they at? Yes. You want to know like, what has the preacher been preaching through? That's right. And I'll ask the whoever wherever I'm going. I'll yep. ask, okay, what have you been going through? Tell me about your people. Right. That so it's really not that generic because I've seen you do this. You like, you 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 ask and yeah. you say like, what's going on there? Is it a young congregation? Is yeah. it an old congregation? But I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not going to hit if, if the pastor's like, hey man, uh, they're really. I don't know. If there was like some issue in the church, I'm not going to speak against that. I'm not going to speak on that subject. Unless he wants you to, maybe. I've had that ask. I'd say, now, hey, will you please speak to this issue? Because if I do it, they're going to... That's different. I guess if they, if they ask, yeah. yes. But if I know about the issue, I'm not going to speak to it. Now, it, sometimes you don't know. You don't have the information going in. No. So uh, what I encourage people to do is if you are... I mean, you should be able to preach 
and you, you, you sort of hinted at this uh, earlier, you should be able to preach what God is already teaching you. Yep. So hopefully you're already regularly in the word, you're reading, yep. you're meditating, you're studying, you're journaling, you're getting all that stuff down. So like That's if, what you're going to get. I'm, it, tell, I'm telling you right now, that's what you're going to get. So if, if you are asked to preach, you should be able to, and you've got five minutes, you should be like, okay, what's the last thing God taught me? And Boom. just go there, get that, get going, and, and get it done. So uh, whether you're going to choose a passage based on what you think the congregation needs or whether you're just going to go straight and feed them off of what's growing in your life right now, um, you want to have your, your passage, yeah. right? Not just an idea. You might start with an idea, but then you need to find the passage, root everything in that passage, pray it up, and get going. Absolutely. So once you've got all of that together, when we start our sermon prep um, – What's the, what's, the, what's the first thing that we're actually doing? Like, what are we sitting down, and, and what do you do? For me, I just I study the passage itself. I don't open up a commentary. I don't go look at a dictionary. Um, I, you okay? Yep. I just, sorry, Joe needed a lighter. So you, you start reading that passage. I start reading that passage over and over and over and over. And it depends on the size of the passage. Usually, I like you know, smaller passages. Uh, I'll, I will... I will journal that. I will write mm-hmm. the whole thing out. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to underline. I'm going to uh, circle things. I'm going to box certain words. I'm going to draw connections between them all. <laughs> Come on, Is the line dude. not working, buddy? It worked for me. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to journal it. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to study that passage. I'm going to say, okay, what are the things that stick out to me right away? What are the main questions being asked? Or what are the, what's the main question being answered here? Right. And what are your what, questions? What are the themes that's, that are happening in this? Yeah. Right. I, I, what I, happened before? What happened after? Yes. Yeah, so you want the broader and context. I, I want to try to put it all together. So you know, every passage is, is essentially you know, asking and answering questions, whether they're, you know, they're implied sometimes. Uh, it's what Chapel talks about, the fallen condition focus, right? Yeah, that's uh, right. So there's a sinful um, issue or background that is present, and then we want to see how the passage is interacting with that or answering that. Um, so, but then I have questions, and people are going to have questions. So uh, lots of questions. We write down questions, yeah. and we, we try to see, find the, the answers to that. Um, but we don't go straight to the commentaries because we really want to just spend time familiarizing ourselves. That's right. Um, with the passage, and this is even when we begin to to preach it to ourselves. Right? We talk a lot about that. Yeah. So before I think about the congregation and what they need to hear, I am first seeking to understand the passage as best as I can, and I begin to preach it to myself, confront myself, confront my own unbelief, my sin. Where do I need to repent? What is this passage calling me to do? Yeah. And I think we're way too quick to think, church, 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 what does this congregation need to hear? What do they need to do before we've done this to ourselves? If, if we have not first addressed ourselves, then it's really easy to be a little hypocritical. Yeah. And it's also... Uh, a, a lot harder to have the passion and the zeal and the earnestness that should accompany preaching if we aren't first preaching it to ourselves. Yeah, because right. when I've felt the conviction, when I've felt the burden, when I've felt the fire of the passage, then I'm ready to share that with other people. So we, we really want to start there. Now, but So you, you, we start with the reading of the Scripture, the, the, the praying over yeah. it. We're answering questions. We're asking questions. We're, we're writing everything down. Um, when, when do you get to the commentaries? When do you start using those? I think once I have a basic outline, once I have a basic outline um, of the passage, of right? the passage, it's uh, not your sermonic outline. No, no, it's just, just the a, passage. Yeah, just a, exegetical. Uh, exactly. Then I'm going to go ahead and look at look at a commentary. I do the same thing. Um, 
And sometimes, though, I, I get so plagued by a problem in the passage that I can't understand, I can't reconcile. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't understand, like, what in the world does that mean? Um, I'll write that down and try to get to it later, but sometimes I'm just so, like, I can't make any progress here. Yeah, without but, So I will go to the commentary. So usually we wait until we have a general understanding of the passage just exactly. through reading and prayer. Um, that way it's not, we're not just a running commentary on a Sunday morning, right? Yeah, that's a major problem. Yeah, I, I want this something, you know, for me, it needs to be something that God's teaching me, not not something that I'm just parroting. Right, because the one of the one of the real problems with expository preaching, or what mm-hmm. at least what is labeled as expository preaching, is that uh, people will stand up and they just turn into a running commentary yeah. on the scripture, where they simply tell you what they read in a commentary about background, language, uh, you know, context, uh, basic meaning yeah. and uh and what, so the, what they wind up doing is description without any prescription absolutely absolutely well, preaching has to be prescriptive uh and that doesn't mean that it's always telling you to do something sometimes yeah. it's just telling you to believe something it's always telling you to believe something yeah. uh, but there is a prescription uh aspect to it because in preaching we're aiming at the heart we're aiming at the will you know we're aiming at at the, at the life of a person. We don't just want them to be, and it's an old saying, we don't want them to just be informed by, by Scripture, but be transformed yep, by right. the Scripture. So when we, when we start studying and we, we have our journal, we have our mm-hmm. Bible, and uh, we've made some sense of the passage, we start breaking out the commentaries. Yeah. Now, back in the day, I would have like five commentaries, a concordance, a dictionary. I'd have to have a huge table at the library or multiple tables in my house, a whole lot of but now we can just do it at a small table at the cigar shop because Logos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, not, they're not sponsoring. They're not sponsored. This is not, not sponsored. But yeah, no, they. Uh, I love the software. I use it myself. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll use Logos. I, I definitely love uh, certain commentaries that you can't ha- get on there. Um, so yeah, we always have some commentaries, some commentaries Geneva from, series and whatnot from that you, founders it, as well. Some yeah. uh, some things. Um, so no, I'm sorry from Banner Truth. I, don't know I was gonna say I don't I was, know the founders no, have comment. I wasn't gonna I'm correct thinking, you. I'm thinking of the the Banner Truth, like the Luke ones, the Gospel ones. I've been I've been using that Luke one. Yeah, Banner Truth is the Geneva series, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking so about that, uh, the Luke. One. I would never correct you in front of other people. Oh yeah, but ever. Yeah, never. Not in front of them, but online, you will. Yeah, well, and, and in front of people, I will do it. Yeah, I, was, I know. Continue. Um, all right, so we we have this. We, we have the software. We have all the stuff. Now, um, how do you how do you think or how do you feel about listening to other sermons on the passage um, or reading other sermons on the passage during your sermon prep? Because I know a lot of people do this. They'll say like, hey, uh, I'm, gonna, like, I'm preaching through Luke and everybody's like, oh, so did you listen to Driscoll's sermons? And my response was, <laughs> duh, no, of course not. Um, but also, and that's just because it, it, it's Mark, uh, you know, a lot of Mark's preaching was good. Um, I, j- I just don't do that. I don't listen to other preachers on passages when I'm preaching them. Because do you do that? And if, if you do or don't, why? Yeah, I mean, um, after everything is said and done, I might take a look at somebody's. So that's that something you would do at the end? At the end. The very, like right before you at preach. At the end. And part of it's just like, it's kind of for the same thing with the, with the commentary, right? Is am I missing something pretty substantial here? Am I going off right. in a wrong direction here? Or maybe they'll have a particular line of application that you hadn't considered. That's it. Yep. Right, right. So I do take a look at the end. Um, What's the danger of doing that too early? 
because then you're just going to copy that sermon. It's going to be in your head no matter what. Yeah. Despite trying not to do that, yeah. you're going to do it. I don't. One of the reasons I hardly ever, and I, I just, I don't listen to sermons online. I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do read sermons. Yep. I read Puritan sermons. I read, of course, everybody does and should read Spurgeon's sermons. Um, I love that um, Legan Duncan sermons. I, I don't know if all of them are manuscripted and online. You can read them. Oh, okay. So I love to read sermons because then I'm not tempted to pick up their mannerisms. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to Chandler it uh, and start talking like Chandler. Uh, mm. The world can only afford uh, one hyper-enunciated Chandler. Uh, we don't need more than one. Uh, so I, I think... We love X-29. Thanks, Chandler, for yeah. your leadership. Oh, and we, lo- we, we love uh, Francis Chandler. He's great. Um, what? Continue. What? They're both very good communicators. Continue. Very good preachers. All right. So I don't. Uh, I don't want to pick up those things. That's why I don't yeah. listen. And I do the same thing. If I if I go to a commentary, if I'm sorry, if I go to a sermon, I do it at the end. And I, what I'm usually looking for, because I think the commentaries have helped me with the meaning, uh, but it's did I miss a line of application? Yeah. And the Puritans are so good at that. They're really good at that. All right. So we're we're, we're doing the work. We're studying the passage. Mm-hmm. How do you transition from an exegetical outline and study of the passage to a homiletical outline uh, for a sermon? Because they're not exact. Sometimes they're very, very similar, but they're not exactly the same thing. No. Um, see, I think this is where maybe you and I are different, right? Like you need to start. I, I need to start with the main idea mm-hmm. or with the sermon summary. Um, and I think for you, that comes more towards at the end, right? Well, it's not that the sermon... So what Jimmy's talking about is what we really push at Redeemer, and we're not unique in this, is that every sermon should have a very clear point, one point. We yeah. don't care if you have three points, 10 points, 11... I've preached a sermon with 15 points. I've, I've puritaned it. That's fine. You can have <laughs> seven, three, two points. It doesn't really matter. But there is one point, yeah. one that thesis yeah. that drives the whole thing, and that's what you want your people to remember. They're not going to remember all three, seven, or 15 of your points. Um, God's going to impress on them certain aspects of the sermon that they're going to take with them. The yeah. Spirit's going to be at work, but everybody should be able to say, oh, this is what we were talking about today. This, is, right. what, this is what the pastor preached on, is this one idea. Now, I think I have that. Mm-hmm. Um, by the, maybe not... Not super clarified. Yeah. So we, we work hard at having the sermon summary, we call it, uh, for for our message, and so you try to clarify that before you try to get that worded perfectly as, as, as best as best as possible before you start your homiletical. Before outline. I start, yeah, and right. part of that's just that everything that now goes into that outline right. should be somehow affirming or building that up or right. clarifying that. It should some it, everything should be going through that at that point. Right. You're either trying to prove that point or yeah. you're trying to lead people to that conclusion. Yes. Uh, and so we're building up to something very, very specific. Now, in my case, you're right. We're a little bit different. Like I can't get that worded perfect until close to the end. Yeah. Because, now, and I'll revise it at the end. Right. That so we're, we're, more probably, often than we're probably pretty similar. I know what my what my main point is that I want to make, but it's it's a long, messy sentence. <laughs> Um, and then by the end, by the time I've taught it, I haven't taught it, but in my mind, as I've articulated everything that I want to say, by then, by the end, I'm like, okay, now I know how to, how to say this succinctly because we like it to be a short sentence yes. or statement. And then short, uh, clear, memorable, right? Like me. So, um, <laughs> so we, you, you begin to transition by, by clarifying what is the main thing I want them yeah. to understand? What's the takeaway here? What's the, what's the point, the doctrine, the principle? And then you, you begin to, um, what you arrange an outline now in your case and in my case it's typically 
it's based on the outline of the passage. Correct. But things are worded a little bit different. I mean, you have to, you have to, because in each part of the sermon, you're essentially leading people to the next step towards that thesis, right? That's right. I mean, yeah, a lot of times I do go with, with the flow of the passage itself, just because it seems natural that way. Uh, I think there was one time, yeah, one time over uh, at Redeemer, there was a passage I Tarantinoed it. I started from the end yep. and worked my way back up. I just did the same thing at Canvas. Bam. Yep. Went to the back. Did you say Tarantino? Uh, you should have. That would have been great. I, 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 I think I mentioned Tarantino, yeah. but not, not for the outline. Uh, yeah. I don't remember. Anyways. I think I mentioned Tarantino on Sunday. There's a lot of Tarantino going around. Tarantino is the man. Yeah. And not that we watch those movies, of course. No, 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 no. No, no of course not. Yeah. No. So, okay. So let's talk about um, how, we, how we think about application um, and what, we, what, we, what I like to call implications, right? Because application, when I was trained, uh, it was always like application is what the person is supposed to do. And that's good. That's important. But I think equally important and sometimes more important is implications of the passage are what does this mean for me? Yeah. Um, what are, what are, so sometimes it's like, well, here are five reasons this doctrine uh, – that should um, five re- five ways this doctrine will impact your suffering. Uh, five ways this, this this doctrine will change your mind about your circumstances. So then it's not always something to do. Sometimes it's something to learn or something to know. Yeah. How do you? Uh, what are some ways in which we begin to figure out specific ways of applying this passage? I mean, I think that's where the, we talked about. You alluded to before the fallen condition focus. I kind of that is kind of where I look at it in that stage a bit more is saying okay here's what this, the passage is calling us to do why don't we do it right why is it that we struggle with it right what is it that we gravitate towards instead mm-hmm. and so uh i kind of go with you know why is it that we're not and why is it that we should and then the benefits of yeah that's good that's good in fact i remember one of the good things that i heard driscoll say a long time ago uh was you you should be thinking of all the objections that -hmm. people are going to have to what this passage says to what your thesis is. What are the objections? Because sometimes they're, they're not articulated objections. They're just reasons we don't do it. Sometimes they are like, no, I don't like that because I don't believe that because, and you want to address those. And that's a part of the application as well. One of the things that Richard Owen Roberts, um, he's a, he's a like a 150 year old man, uh, who lives in Wheaton. Mm. A godly man, great preacher. Best friend of yours growing up. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we went to grade school together. Uh, he, um, he is an authority on the history of revival, so he lectures and he writes. He's all over the place. Um, one of the things that he told me years and years, this is like 20 years ago, he said it's important uh, for him to, when he's sermon prepping, he closes his eyes and he, he imagines the congregation yeah. and, and he knows where people sit. Right? He's like, so if, you, 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 if you're preaching at the same church, you know where people generally sit. Close your eyes and imagine that people think about them and now what's going on in their lives. You know, if you're a good pastor, you're able to, you're able to say, like, I know what's going on in the congregation at yeah. large, but the, and I also know what's going on in specific lives of people. And as you begin to think through the people in the congregation, you can say, okay, I need to address this issue. Because not only are there individuals with needs, but then there becomes uh, 
it becomes evident that there is some, sometimes a, a temperament to a whole congregation. Yeah. Is this congregation largely sad, largely afflicted, largely comfortable, largely at ease? Are they happy? Are they depressed? Are you, is the church going through some difficulty right now? Are they, are they upset by the garbage that they're seeing in our country right now mm-hmm. um, with, uh, you know, uh, white supremacist nonsense or Antifa nonsense or whatever it is? Are they, you know, the political division, uh, corrupt politicians, whatever? And does this passage relate to that? Yeah. And, and how? So thinking about application and implications should start with you, but you have to transition to the congregation. That's going to help you develop your, um, your points of, of connection for with sure. them. So let's talk a little bit about the, the basic mechanics of it or maybe the, the schedule of it. Right? Okay. So um, now in my schedule as a, as a full-time pastor – uh, I don't take Monday off. I take Friday off. And the reason I don't take Monday off, because the day off is the day I give to my family. Mm-hmm. And on Monday, I'm tired. Yeah, no, it uh, makes sense. I don't, I don't, I don't want to give them my tired day. But I'm, I'm jonesing to get back into Scripture. So Monday is a day where I don't schedule many meetings, uh, uh, hardly any, usually none, yeah. sometimes one. But I'm in the Scripture. I'm, I'm reading. I'm studying. I'm reading books. Um, and all of that is helping me to, to get oriented and prepared so I can knock out – you know, six, for sure, six hours of Bible study prep mm. uh, on, a, on a Monday, in addition to the other things I'm doing. And then I'll touch up on it again Tuesday, Wednesday a little bit. Thursday is when I, I hammer it down and get it almost all locked down so that I know what I'm preaching on. I know the passage. I could preach it if I needed to. Yeah. But then Friday's my day off. And then Saturday is the day that um, I go back to it. I've had a day break from it. I put it all onto one sheet of paper. Yeah. And I just like one half sheet of paper. I put all of my notes onto that one sheet. I distill it down into two columns. And uh, that's when I have my sermon summary super clarified. And I'm really ready to go then. That's, that's my basic uh, process. Now, you're not a full-time pastor. Mm-hmm. You've got a, more than a full-time career. Plus, you're working at the church. When you have to preach, what's your process? Like, uh, what's the outline? For me, it, it starts uh, Mondays as well, but it's more uh, I do it early morning. So I'll wake up early. I'll spend a couple hours uh, in the in the Word, writing it out, journaling. I, that's where I start at the beginning, right? Just circling everything. I, I write out the passage and I just um, drawing connections and everything to it. I mean, then usually during the day, I mean, you're always kind of chewing on it, right? Like it doesn't oh, leave yeah. you. You're you're always if you're if you're doing it right. Yeah. That message, that passage is on your heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So all throughout the day. So usually for me, the prep is. Uh, in the morning or at night yeah, is essentially what it comes down to. Um, so, yeah, I don't have, like, one day where I could just, like... Do, do a lot of it, yeah. Do a lot of it. Um, and, a, and a lot of guys don't. A lot yeah. of guys that are preaching don't because they don't have the, the luxury of being full-time at the church where that's a part of what they're paid to do. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> for me, I, I usually by, by Thursday or Friday, um, I have it nailed down... You could, well. you could I, preach it. You could preach it. I could preach it. But again, like Saturday is kind of where that that finishing touches come on, right? right. Like it's only a few hours, um, maybe an hour or two tops. Um, so you're not stressing Saturday night? No, 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 no. no. I've done that before. I can't do I, I can't that. Do it. Uh, I can't do it. I hear about these guys that are up late at night. I might think, I'm always thinking about it, but I'm done. I can, I'm good to go, so yeah. I'm resting. Yeah, so yeah, usually Saturday morning. Is when it's done. Let's say though. Now, let's talk. How much time do we got? Oh, we got time. All right. So, um, 
we have we have got and listen. Oh, let me say this. Uh, so Jimmy and I uh, and like Travel and a few others um, follow a, a method of preaching from notes that is one half sheet double column it's got our outline in it that's all we use we yeah. don't take anything else up there with us um, other guys like Pat and others will have much more of a manuscript or a very detailed outline that has multiple yeah. pages and it doesn't there's not one is not better than the other it's just what works for you I've done every kind of of, of sermon uh, notes and I've just found and it's been this way for the last 12 years I preach from a half sheet. That's the best way for me. So you can do it however you want. One yeah. way is not. Some of the greatest preachers alive uh, and in history have used full manuscript. Yep. Um, yep. So don't don't follow what, what we do in that. You find out what works best for you. But I was gonna. Um, what was I gonna ask? I was gonna ask. Ooh, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is like, you know, if you're gonna do the full manuscript, right? Which some do. Like, I think that's actually harder than a half sheet. Because oh, it's, it's you, more work, yeah. It's, it's not just more work, but I think even on Sunday morning, it has to be read well. Right. Right? Because I think I fall into the line when I – I tried manuscripting a few times. I was forced to manuscript once for a, a church, uh, and I said, I'm never doing that again. Never, never will I do this again. Even if you do manuscript it, don't take it up with you. That's my advice. Like if you but have – No, I think people – some people need that. Yeah, I don't know. The, the guys that I know that do manuscript are, are usually so familiar with it, they don't have to read it. They're just kind of up there. But, uh, yeah, you better be able to read it well. Yeah. And if you can read it well, that's great. Otherwise, yeah. it's just – Yeah, that way you can maintain eye contact. And that's part of this whole thing is that uh, I think even with the manuscript, and that, that's probably part of the process I, I, I didn't share. One of the last things I do when possible is I will practice the sermon. Yeah. I'll practice it out loud. Um, How many times? Two, three times. Yeah. Um, because I don't want the first time I, I preach it to be cold. Right. I mean, it's not like at Redeemer where, where you know, you have Joe two services. Ha- Joe, we it? have two services, and Joe has the practice service in the morning. First service. And then the, the real service. Are you saying I don't practice my sermons? Uh, Joe. Are uh, you saying, are you right now saying I don't practice my sermons? I'm saying yes, you don't. Wait, you're saying yes, I don't? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Wait, I, I'm saying I'm yes. Saying, yes. Yes, you I do. do I do practice. No. You're saying yes, I do. No, you do not practice. You're saying your no, sermons. I don't practice my. Do sermons. you practice your sermons? Yes or no? No, I don't I practice do my sermons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't practice my sermons. I go over them and over them and over them in my yes. mind. Yes, and I mean even that's during the week. Is and you know you're trying to kind of. There are times when I'm I'm trying to find certain sentences right to say right like even though I've got it uh, on one sheet I'm trying to think of you know okay in this section how do I best say this mm. succinctly how do I right. and I'll, I'll just keep repeating that that phrase over and over yeah. and over and over my that mind is so natural. sharp I don't have see, to see I, I have, have to do to, that I, I have to do that no and here's what honestly here's what I would say is um, you need to practice that sermon three times on that's what I tell everybody who's pre, who's preaching uh, now once you've been at it for years you you might not need to do that yeah um, yeah see Joe doesn't need to do that no anymore. no no it's not that I wouldn't benefit from doing it but I have found that at this point it doesn't make a, a difference uh, like this past Sunday so you plateaued uh, oh, I'm, I'm done yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm on the decline now uh, there's no plateau um, so like typically the default is at Redeemer, they record both sermons. They just automatically upload the second one. Yeah. Because if I've made a mistake in the first one or if I've misspoke or whatever, I, I, can, I can fix that. Um, but this past Sunday, and this happens, I don't know, about a quarter of the time, I will immediately text the guy after the second service and go, use the first service. Mm-hmm. You, use that mm-hmm. first sermon. What? Why didn't you like the, the second service? Because, oh, this past Sunday? Mm. Be- oh, it's not because I said we're mm. white people. That had nothing to do with it. <laughs> 
In fact, I didn't say white people. I, mean, no, I said, look, I'm going to say, no, we might look like yeah. a bunch of white people. <laughs> so Travel and I are, are sitting in the back. Who's Travel? Travel is uh, one of our young preachers. He's the, uh, he's the one African American in that yeah. service. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. He is. And so we're sitting in the back, and uh, you know, you're talking about. Um, uh, you mentioned about what happened uh, this past weekend over in uh, Charlottesville, right? I didn't. He just mentioned it. It kind of ran through the whole sermon. It actually was. Yeah. Re- it re- yes. Yes, it did. Uh, and so Joe, <laughs> Joe goes, you know, we might just we might look like a bunch of white people, and then he moved on. I didn't move on. Well, I, we missed I, it. Because I, yeah, we, you missed it. Because we couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, because Trevor's like, you are a bunch of white people. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I, so I made a really good point. He missed it because he was laughing at me, which is fine. That's not why I didn't. I actually, because um, what I said was clearer in the first service okay, than it was in the okay. second service. So Fair I enough. just said, go, go with the first service. Okay, I remember what I wanted to bring up. The oh, last good, thing I wanted good. to bring up. Um, thanks, for, thanks for your stalling for me. So... Um, there's been a lot of examples. Uh, I've, I've seen it in our denomination, and I've seen it in our network, where pastors are busted for preaching other people's sermons. Mm. They, they preach Mark Driscoll sermons. They preach mm. Tim Keller sermons. They preach John Piper sermons. Mm. Because, Joe Thorne sermons? Uh, no. Because, Jimmy now, Fofo sermons? Uh, no. But, the, now, first of all, like, to me, that's just the craziest idea. I have never been tempted, tempted to steal anything from a preacher and pass it off as my own. Um, and it's not because I think I'm a great preacher. I don't think I'm a great preacher. I think I'm a good preacher. Uh, and I think I'm a good preacher because enough people have told me, you're a good preacher. Yeah, no, Joe, but, yeah, you're great. <laughs> but the, the, the reason that we hear all the time, Jimmy, why people wound up stealing someone else's sermon and just preaching that is because... They don't have time. That's right. I, it was the end of the week. I didn't have time, so I just grabbed this sermon, yeah. and I preached it. And don't recycle sermons. All right, so Jimmy wrote an article on not recycling sermons. He got some heat for that. Yeah. All right, so here's the thing. Stand by it. Jimmy, if you have 15 minutes, yep. you're given 15 minutes. Okay, now, this- hold on. What time am I given that 15 minutes? The morning of? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you are going to get what I read that morning. Right. Yeah, you're going to get what I journaled well, 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 on Why morning. not just grab somebody else's sermon? Because that sermon was written for a specific people. That sermon was, was written in a, in a specific context or situation. Um, and while there might be some general truth to it, I, I, there needs to, for, for me, there has to be what God is teaching me and what God is teaching us. Right. And so that's why if I have 15 minutes, you're gonna, it's not going to be the best sermon in the world. I'll no. tell you that now. It's, it's, you know, but you uh, preaching your sermon is, is always better than you yes. preaching someone else's sermon. Yes. Always. always. And if, listen, and I, this is for all you preachers out there. If you can't preach when called upon, you should not be a preacher. You should not be a pastor. I don't care how much time you have. You should be able to go and, and, and not take someone else's sermon and pass it off as your own. So yeah, if I get called the morning of that's that's what's going to happen. Pat's been called morning of. Yeah, he's been called. And he's like, all right, I got to do it. I've been called morning of. Got to do it. That's and it's it. like, you just got to roll with it. So don't. I mean, I prefer if it was the day before. Well, yeah, listen, know? I would prefer a week before. Yeah. That, that, would, that would be great. But at least the day before, I can put in a good 
three, four hours. Yeah, and the likelihood of you having 15 minutes notice is, is not. Five minutes, listen, you, you might be somewhere where you're, you're visiting a church and it's a, it's a friendly church. They kind of know you and they're like, listen, our pastor, um, you know what? He's, he got a flat. He can't make it. Would you be willing to, to exhort us, preach us? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, done. Yeah, Good. Give me yeah. five minutes. I'll, I'll take the, the songs. Uh, during the songs, I'm going to go ahead and outline you know, what I want to say yep. based on this passage that God's been doing. You can do that. You can yeah. totally do that. Yeah, and I always kind of carry my journal with me, anyways. Yeah, so, we always have, we like always said, have that. What, what kind uh, of journal? Uh, what kind of journal? <laughs> Lecterm. Lecter, I, I, yeah. I was just trying to pronounce it the right Leuchterm. way. Leuchterm. Leuchterm. We don't 1917. say that. Yeah, those are great journals. Um, now well, they got two ribbons. Did I, did I, I know, you? I know. I don't have that yet. Yeah. I got the old one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll look and see. Okay, what is it that God's been teaching me lately? And because even even during my my personal study time, um, I. I start asking those questions I'd be asking oh, of course. for a sermon anyway. Because that's your, your personal, you're preaching to yourself. Personal, yeah. That's my personal thing. So I've already kind of got a outline per se yep. already there. You have points of application. I have points of application. Yep. So like even, you know, uh, when we do staff devotions, mm-hmm. that's what I grab. Boom. I already got something there. I just going like, to clean fact, it up a little bit. In fact, we better get going. We got we got I, staff I, devotion. We got to go. We got staff meeting at the church. Uh, we got to finish up these cigars and get going. Um, so, uh, Recommend a recommend a book for preaching. Um, I think. Uh, well, okay, we'll go with Brian Hughley. Eight hours or less. Yep, good um, book. Everybody should read Brian Hughley's book. Yep, I'm also trying to think of. Uh, oh, Brian, I'm trying to Brian think Chapel. Of, that's it. The Brian the Brian Chapel book. Uh, what's it called again? Biblical. It's preaching? called. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Christ centered preaching. Christ centered preaching. Really helpful. I think Haddon Robinson's book on preaching is yep. good. The reality is, is like you read Haddon, you read, you can read, if you, you can just read one of those and you're good mm-hmm. uh, for the mechanics of it. But they're they're, they're both really helpful. So Haddon Robinson, um, uh, John really Kessler stresses the big idea. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's subject complement. Yeah, big idea, be. big question, yep. big answer. That gives you your big idea. Really good stuff. Fallen condition focus out of, of Chapel. Uh, Chapel. Um, John Kessler is a, is, a, is a friend. He's a professor at Moody. He's written a great book that you probably haven't read on preaching, and you should read it. Yeah. Get one of either, either Haddon or Chapel, but then get Kessler's book. For sure, add Kessler's book into that mix. It's called Wisdom, Grace, and Folly or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <coughs> Grace, and we'll, Wisdom, Folly. We'll link to that in the show. It's a, it's a weird – John, that's a weird title. Man. Yeah. I can never remember that. And then Hughley's book. Yeah, Hughley's definitely book, get Hughley's book. New book out of Moody. Um, Not that you're going to actually – only have eight hours or use eight hours, but it shows you that you can prepare a sermon in a, a relatively short amount of time. You don't have to be it's like, tw- I got to do 20 hours of sermon. Yeah, you know, if you've got 20, 20 something hours of sermon prep, how are you spending time with people? Well, they I mean, are. Honestly, how, yeah. how are you, with all the other tasks and stuff, how are you spending time with people if you're putting 20 hours? No, you know, they got, they, got, they got the time. Well, there's like 40 hours in a week, 40 hours in a day. Is that what it is? 40 hours a day. 40, is there 40, 40 hours, hours in, in a week? 40 hours in a day? That, well, for a pastor, a pastor was like 45, <laughs> 50 hours. So, yeah, I think that you, you I, I, we encourage people at Redeemer, uh, 10 to 12 hours for your average pastor. That's yeah. enough sermon prep time. Uh, if you should be able to do that. And um, so, okay. Um, also, uh, we'll link to a bunch of others. There, there's some other good books in there. So let us know if, you know if you have any other resources or how do you do your sermon prep. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctor and Devotion. You can head on to the website, DoctorDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email blast. You can hit up the store and grab some merchandise. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later. Later.